0: Welcome to the Discipleship Discussions Podcast. We believe everyone can be a disciple who makes disciples. Our goal is to help you with this process. Each week, we take the lesson taught through basic discipleship and break it down in a discussion format. Now, let's join today's discussion. Hey, welcome back to our podcast. We are going to talk about prayer today. This is part of our series, The Basic Christian Life. So if you've not already checked out the series, Basic Prayer, I would encourage you to do that. We spent many weeks dissecting the subject of prayer. And today we're going to create, we've created some new questions, some new talking points. Um, So you defined Um, and I forgot to introduce you, with me as always is Dr. Patrick Latham, so you'll recognize his voice there. Uh, But you defined in your teaching session that prayer is as simple as talking to God. Now explain why you believe it's that simple and how others can maybe complicate something as prayer being more than just that. Yeah, where that helped me, I I
1: think so many, again, complicates a good word. Um, People have an unhealthy fear of God where they feel like in order to approach them, they've got to have like a PhD in theology or have to complete a, you know, a, a training course, a local church to know enough about God and how to talk to him. Um, you know, and so, man, one of the most off-repeated questions I've got as a pastor is something like this. Pastor, is it okay to say such and such when I pray? So, so people just have this insecurity. Now that's part of our human nature because of the fall you go back to Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden after they sinned They had shame and guilt so they hid themselves from God. So this is a part of our human condition so I think um, You know, I like that definition because it kind of hopefully helps people disarms this whole idea that you've got to jump through some hoops or watch what you say around God like he's on edge. Like, oh, that wasn't right. That's incorrect. And we do live in a society where people are conditioned to almost feel like that. Am I saying the wrong thing? If I Mm -hmm. say such and such on Twitter, people are going to parse every little word and criticize me. So it's like, man, relax. Chill out. It's God. He loves you. You're going to say something wrong. Just talk to him. Uh, Draw near to him. And really goes back to that idea from Genesis uh, I believe Genesis 9, is it, where it says that at that time men begin to call upon the name of the Lord. And you get that basic idea of prayers, just calling upon the name of the Lord. And guess what? You may say something wrong. You may say something stupid. I say stupid stuff all the time, I'm sure, when I'm praying. But as you grow in grace,
0: it, your prayers will become more what they ought to be. Right. Something may be relieving to you is if you're afraid of saying something stupid. Um if you even thought it before you said it, he knows. <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> so it's exactly. like you're not going to impress God yeah. through prayer. Um, so I love that simple definition. Prayer is as simple as talking to God. Um, you mentioned somewhere along the way, and maybe it was through a sermon uh, one day, or maybe it was a conversation we had, the importance of a church having a vibrant prayer life. Mm-hmm. And Jesus said in Mark eleven seventeen that my house will be a house of prayer. Uh, Now, that is one of my favorite scenes of Jesus where he goes through with the temple and the whip and all that. And so flipping tables, I think that's awesome. (laughs) But his response was, you know, you created a den of of, of foxes. And it's like, no, 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 I want to have a house of prayer uh, for the nation specifically. So how does a church do that? How does a church be a house of
1: prayer? I I think, too, to realize what Jesus was talking about there. First of all, he's speaking against a problem. You know, uh, so many people, it's unfortunate, they read that passage and say, we can't sell stuff in the church you know (laughs) never thought about that yeah that's That's all they focus on right and it's like no he was speaking on a specific problem here i've heard it like i mean i've I've had people say well we can't collect money to go on youth trips that's like crazy extreme example um or we can't sell a t-shirt or a, a, a christian resource or a book um and you know Yes, that involved selling stuff, but their heart was in the wrong place. They were making merchandise off of people. In other words, they were inflating prices in order to make a gain when it came to things of worship. But then also to see what Jesus was not, don't just look at what he's speaking against, look at what he's speaking for. He's saying, my house shall be called a house of prayer. And so, um, you know, then you've got to ask, what does he mean by that? And I think we need to have a view of prayer that's more full-orbed or more robust, more developed than mm-hmm. just the idea of, um, you know, closing your eyes, bowing your head, clasping your hands and reciting a prayer to God. Um, I I would see singing and worship as being an opportunity for prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's precedent in that for Scripture. Colossians chapter 3 the way he speaks of uh, singing and songs and hymns and spiritual songs in your heart. Um, you know, you look at the Psalms, I think those are prayers set to music, mm-hmm. you know. So, And I think that will really help our worship, our approach to worship as well when we see that worship isn't just a song service with somebody up there leading and kind of quasi-performing for us and we're evaluating, did I like that song? Is that my style? What did I think about what they wore? No, we've right. got to think about that as prayer. I had Greg Laurie say, "Worship is just prayer set to music." That really helped, helped sure. me. So, um, so I think that helps even the idea of preaching that you know that's not prayer in of itself, but it should solicit prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I think you know having a more full orbed view of of what we do in church as involving prayer. But then secondly, you do have to make sure you weave in times for prayer in the worship service um that is you know again you don't want to be legalistic or liturgical in an unnecessary way but you know do you have what they used to call an invocation a time where you pray and invite the presence of god to be there in a peculiar and special way and ask him to work in your midst while you pray do you have a time when the words open that you pray that it would work powerfully? Do you have a response time um, where you um, allow people to seek the Lord in response to what they've heard? Do you have what used to be called the benediction, like the blessing at the end where you pray, like, Lord, now as we go, send us out and help us to live in light of these realities? I I don't know, you know if you've caught on. I, I include... Usually, all those types of prayers I don't call them that right. but it's like when I lead worship that's a part of worship I remember having an occasion where I first went to pastor a, a, a new church not here but serving a new ministry and somebody noted on that and actually kind of complained said we've got way too much prayer we can't even get through the announcements you know it's like <laughs> it's like um, announcements are spiritual yeah that's right so and I was like <laughs> hey I'll take that criticism <laughs> right. you know It's like, what is wrong with us that, you know, so um, you know, you got to have that balance uh, in worship of, you know, what I like the three P's, you know, I like to think in Mm -hmm. alliteration, but um, praise, preaching, prayer, all three need to be in that corporate gathering
0: and announcements. Yeah. Announcement. Publicity. Hey, there yeah. you go. I like that. Which We're being facetious about that because <laughs> right. they did that in early church service. They had yeah. announcements before uh, yeah. anyway. Uh, well, that's good. So uh, how have you helped lead churches through prioritizing prayer outside? Of course, I, mean, I think the history of the Wednesday night prayer meeting is, is pretty mm-hmm. thick. Mm-hmm. Um, but but there has to be more, right? And Mm -hmm. so how have you helped lead churches to be um, prayer warriors for the house of the Lord, which we know is us, to be uh, a house of prayer?
1: Yeah, I would say um, preaching and teaching on it. I would say uh, leading by example. You know, you can't hide the fact... I guess you can hide the fact that if you don't have a prayer life, but you can't... You can't, like... um, Man, you can't like really encourage with enthusiasm. Like you can't fake it till you make it if you're not if you don't really have a prayer life, right. and you just don't know what you're missing. There's a lot of people who do well in ministry because of um, personality, because of natural giftedness. But I would eat, and you know, somebody could look at that exception. Well, look at what well, that guy's done. Personality, natural giftedness doesn't say much about prayer. Doesn't seem to have a strong prayer life. Can't tell us much about prayer. I would use the old line from Spurgeon. Somebody said one time, you know, Spurgeon, you you say that preachers ought to get an education, and you don't, and you're the prince of preachers, blah, 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 blah. Look how you've been used. His response was, imagine how I could have been used if I would have been more educated, Mm -hmm. you know, and more trained in scriptures. So I would say that out there, there's a lot of folks with natural giftedness, um, but they don't have that real spiritual life that comes from prayer. So I would say, you know, in order to lead a church in this way, you've got to teach it, but then you've also got to live it. You know, prayer is something that will be not just taught, but caught. Correct. So um, I found for me is just gathering those guys around me, too, that where I have incremental prayer times throughout the week. Like I know deacon so-and-so is going to meet with me on this day or staff member so-and-so is going to meet with me on that day or layman so-and-so is going to meet with me on that day. And I'm praying with those guys and they hear me prayer. Pray. I remember hearing a deacon one time in front of our church. Got up and he was doing something, but he wanted to say. He said, and I don't say this to brag on myself, but he said, "I want to let you know I, I pray regularly with our pastor, and I've heard his heart." And it just taught me that, man, um, as a pastor, I'm leading through praying with him. So, teach it, live it, pray with others, and then strategically weave prayer into the ministries of church. I mentioned that was Sunday morning, Mm -hmm. but then there's ways through prayer lists, prayer updates, prayer emails, prayer at every event. You've seen in staff meeting how I like to lead us, like, okay, let's pray over it. We've just gone over calendar. Let's pray over it. You know, just weave prayer into everything Mm -hmm. in little ways. It doesn't take much to
0: do that. I think that's good and you you hit on a little bit of a spurgeon quote there so let's let's bounce into and let's finish up with this throughout church history uh, we know of guys who are men and women who are people of prayer Mm -hmm. um so share with us some stories or some insights that you've learned from the saints
1: yeah yeah so you uh man church history is so important you receive so much encouragement there you see who god's used mightily you and you see that prayer was a huge component of their life Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, you just read church history and you see that the the awakenings really were built upon prayer and the Word of God. Um, You know, and then there's just a string of people in church history that often think of, and those examples come back to mind, Spurgeon rarely ever, if ever, preaching without people in the basement underneath him praying. Mm -hmm. And he would say, the power in this pulpit is not here, it's beneath me. Um, you think of George Mueller and uh, how he had funds for uh, ministry, how uh, the Lord miraculously provided. We had our children read a paperback on Mueller recently and just see how um, the Lord, you know, for his orphanage, just provided miraculously over and over again. Um, think of so many examples I can think of even modern day examples you know a quote that always uh stuck with me or not really a quote but it was said that Billy Graham was asked if you could have your ministry to do over again what would you do differently he said I would pray more um I can think of um you know others in in modern day who've just their example in prayer Jim uh Cimbala, they Symbala? Get Symbala, right? You're yeah. my pronunciation guy. Yeah, which is name pronunciation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, guy. yeah, yeah. Symbala. I think it's
0: that's what I said. I may not be right, but yeah. we'll say it with confidence. Yes, yeah, so,
1: that's right. So, um, you know, I just I, I think of him and his heart for prayer, mm. and I heard him preach in Oklahoma City on one occasion to pastors, and just like, what are you doing? You don't pray. You got your logos, You got all this stuff, and you don't pray. Stop it. You should be praying. And I was like, man, just you know, in his testimony of how. Uh, Prayer has uh, you know been such a blessing his ministry Um, And and you hear of others like I've heard of folks Visited modern-day Charles Stanley's office and there's a place in the carpet that's worn out from where he's prayed Mm -hmm. in the same place or maybe it was like the place where he kneeled was uh, worn out, so um, Just throughout history. I love reading people from the first great awakening in in England uh, during uh that time, and uh reading of how uh the Lord in the eighteenth century um, used uh people mightily really shook that continent you mm-hmm. know and to see what took place
0: because of prayer, and so um yeah. Well, I think it, it has been helpful, you know, for me hearing Martin Luther say, "I can't, you know, fulfill a day's duty without first beginning with three hours of prayer." Yeah, and it's like, man, that's just crazy. And I'm yeah. thinking, three within three hours of prayer, there's probably a solid hour nap if it was yeah, up to yeah, me. Yeah. And I think something that we should consider even is the pace of life that they lived. Yeah, um, probably aided a good, healthy prayer life.
1: Yeah, you think of um, how they approach sleeping. Food and then hobbies and what was involved in their life. You hear another one I was thinking of earlier was Jonathan Edwards and just the hours to study and prayer he devoted. And then, uh, so yeah, it did aid a good prayer life. And so, in some ways we've got to be careful that we don't put a unrealistic expectation on ourselves. I, I've read some of those where I feel like, wow, I do nothing, you know, right. I, I'm horrible at prayer. So, the times are different mm-hmm. in a way. And maybe what's better is to be continual in prayer. You do need that scheduled time of prayer. But we we have to be careful of a false guilt when we read of those exceptional stories. But at the same time, we should be motivated that I should have a habit of prayer.
0: Yeah. Well, that's good. And that wraps up today's episode. We look forward to seeing you or you seeing us rather next week. Thank you for joining us today for our discussion on basic Christian life. Stay current with other episodes by subscribing to our podcast. For show notes, visit us online at basicdiscipleship.net. If you have any questions about the materials presented in this discussion, or if you would like to give feedback, email us at infobasicdiscipleship.net. At Thanks for listening.